All right, Steve-O's, finish with the coffee. Hello, my name's Paulie Herman. I'm from Jersey. Our <laughs> Would you like to touch my monkey? Touch him. Love him. Carol! Why does everybody think I'm the homo gang? The present married to Jackie Kennedy? I have no idea, Pat. Was he not tall? What are you eating? I stick my hands under my arms and then I smell my fingers like that. You know what? Can I say, uh, I totally fucking forgot what we were doing until this morning where I was like, oh fuck, what did I download to watch? Some movie? And then I saw that it was fucking Carol. And then then I thought about maybe canceling. No, we, we gotta watch 25 minutes of Horatio Sands in a dress today. That's what we're gonna do with our Thursday evening. Uh, welcome to Saturday Night Jive, where we talk about Saturday Night Live and Saturday Night Live related movies. This week we're talking about Saturday Night Live. A uh, recurring character, this is our And We're Back segment, where we dive deep into an SNL recurring character and watch all of their SNL sketches in sequential order and just try to get under their skin, see what makes them tick. And you know what, I feel like, because like with, with the movies we pick, like we've avoided the obvious ones, like we've never done like Wayne's World. Did we do Coneheads ultimately? I think we did. We watched Conan's. But like we I feel like we've avoided some of the bigger ones just cuz like what are you going to what are you going to talk about, you know, whatever. But I, I like that with the the and we're back segment we're really just playing the hits. We're really just going for like yeah. the obvious crowd pleasing, you know. I mean, cause some might say it's fan service, you know, but I I mean, of course everybody knows Carol. Oh yeah, no, I pulled all of our fans on Twitter and uh the top 3 vote getters were Ching Chang Mickey the Dyke and Carol. So we're, we've already fulfilled the first two. This is our third in our, uh, fan request series. Of course, we didn't put Uncle Roy on that list because they would just want to watch Uncle Roy every week. Cause I know one guy just keeps voting for Uncle Roy. Well, he was until the feds came and arrested him. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So Carol, um, all right. So yeah, uh, the, the, uh, the characters we've covered, what, who have we done? We've done Ching Chang. We did Mickey the Dyke, and we did uh, Joey Mack. Did we do another one? Maybe this is only the fourth time we've done. Oh, and Uncle Roy. Oh, well, so and technically, our fifth. we also did uh, Lyle the Effeminate Heterosexual as a Lyle part of King Chang. Oh, Canteen Boy. Canteen we watched Boy. all the Canteen Boys. Yeah, no, we've made a lot of bad decisions on this show. That's <laughs> So we've done this a lot. Um, and I think, I think we have um, stuck to uh, characters we think should not have been part of the show like they shouldn't have had a character named ching chang or mickey the dyke there should never have been an uncle roy or a canteen boy uh but this is carol uh are you familiar with horatio sands's carol at not all? fucking at all though it's a horatio sands character so i assume it's just him basically sm- like kind of mugging at the camera and smiling and laughing at himself because that's all he ever fucking did on that show a little bit uh, i've 
Speaking of Horatio Sands, mm-hmm. I've been, uh, I, I watch SNL episodes for my blog that I do. I post recaps of episodes. And I, Horatio Sands is the guy who has fallen, in my opinion, further than any other cast member as I'm like binge watching these seasons. He was on when I was in college. I thought he was hilarious. I was like, that funny fucking fat guy on SNL, that guy's fucking tons of fun over there. I watch him now. I'm, I fucking hate this guy. I mean, it might have a little bit to do with the fact that he's apparently grooming uh, teenage uh, fan members. It could That could play a, po- a part, you know. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Maybe I'm putting twenty twenty goggles on uh, fucking Horatio Sands. But he's just, he's ruined, he ruins more sketches than he saves. He has that ability to, like, hop in a sketch at the end, do something stupid, and then, like, oh, shit, that was a silly sketch that you saved, Horatio. But more often than not, he's giggling, he's mugging, he's not committed to character. It it just, it it bugs the hell out of me. Would you find, do you find him more or less offensive in that specific regard than Jimmy Fallon, his friend and co-conspirator? Yeah, I mean, they were both together right on it. Like, the like the worst fucking SNL sketches are the ones that have Jimmy Fallon and Horatio Sands together, because it just ends in a fucking Carol Burnett giggle fest that I can't stand. I mean, of course, we should save that for our spinoff Carol Burnett podcast, Breaking, the Carol Burnett story. <laughs> Breaking wind. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it's more Horatio's fault, because Horatio would always come in and, like, you could tell he's trying to make Jimmy Fallon laugh, and he's trying to make himself laugh. I think he was probably drunk or something half the time anyway but yeah it's just like you know it's a it's a sketch comedy show it's a variety show but like i want a sketch i want actors in a sketch you know when i watch phil hartman in a sketch i'm like god damn phil hartman knows his fucking lines he knows his cues he is nailing this scene when i watch horacio sands in a sketch i'm like did you just you read over the script five seconds ago you stumbled out there and you're like hey jimmy well, that's the thing, because like Horatio Sands, you mentioned it, the, the the funny fat guy that comes in at the end to save a scene. That's the Chris Farley model. But you go back to Chris Farley and he was always still in. I mean, if it was a bad sketch and he knew it, he might just come in and fuck around. But generally speaking, he was still in the scene. He was still doing his job, you know, even if he was the funny fat guy saving the bad sketch. Oh, yeah. Not until like the very end, like uh, the end of his last season, they... You know, when we got to like the George Foreman episode that we watched and the Paul Reiser episode that we watched, uh, the show kind of started to fall apart and there was a lot of giggling then. But no, his first couple seasons, he was professional, too. He never fucking broke or giggled in a sketch. Because I feel like Horatio Sands was like trying to recap or at least the the, the use of him on the show, how much of it was him, how much of it was the, the writers. I think he was trying to fill that Chris Farley void a little bit, but was just, you know, substandard Chris Farley. Yeah, I mean, he's the big, loud, fat guy. Um, but anyway, but that aside, Carol, <laughs> I wanted to do Carol for this because Carol is a character that I love. Like, everything I think is that is funny about Horatio Sands is in Carol. Um, but Carol is not a well-loved character. <laughs> I think mo- I'm the minority of people who enjoy a good Carol sketch. Well, you said there were, what, five sketches? Uh, I think there's five, yeah. I mean, to get five sketches, there are a lot of characters that, you know, I probably, I mean, I, again, I'm not seeing a Carol sketch, or at least if I have, I don't remember, but, like, there were a lot of characters I liked that didn't get three sketches, let alone five, so somebody had to like them. Yeah, well, this was also the, uh, in an era where the show was really uh, a piece of dog shit. 
like right after Will Ferrell leaves, there was like a a gap, like before Bill Hader and Will Forte and Kristen Wiig came on, there was a gap where you had Jimmy Fallon, Horatio Sands, and then like, you know, they're kind of, they don't know what the fuck to do. Uh, and so the show really sucked. So it's kind of understandable in that respect that Carol got five appearances, because like, what else are they going to put on? You know, now that I think about it, because I remember, because just you've been talking, you were talking about how we, we were focusing on obscure characters that you know maybe didn't get a lot of love and i remember because we used to write this sketch show and i remember your big idea going into it the thing you were like excited about more than anything was i'm gonna write a sketch that's like a parody like deliberately the worst recurring character you could have on a sketch show wasn't it named carol i don't remember the name of it i feel like it was and it was just an annoying lady who you intended to play or at least be played by a man is it possible that you were just writing carol and maybe unconsciously you know what it is kind of parallel thinking i guess well no the whole point of it was i was i was going to create a recurring character like so fucking unlikable like and then keep doing it every every week and then like five weeks later like take the wig off and you know kind of break down why i'm doing it um but yeah, no, I don't remember the name, but it is kind of like Carol. Um, all right, so are you ready to get into Carol? Fuck, might as well. I've been putting it all off, right. but let's fucking do this shit. So uh, our first our first appearance of Carol uh, came in a sketch called Key Party from the Colin Farrell-hosted episode. Let's take a visit back there now. You know what? Maybe this isn't such a good idea. <laughs> don't get cold feet now, honey! We talked about this. Our love is strong enough for us to share our love and our bodies with others. Now, I know all of you by your online chat room names, but maybe it's best if we run through our real names one more time. Joanne. Victor. Loretta. Leslie. Jean George Peppers. Misty Peppers. Owen. Carol! And I'm Ted, and this is my wife, Kathy, and I must say I'm very happy with tonight's turnout. The fear is always that a bunch of freaks are going to show up to these things. Yeah, it's a really good group tonight, you guys. Great sexual energy. I forgot everybody's name! Let's do the list again! Cheyenne. Victor. Loretta. Lesla. Jean-George Peppers. Misty Peppers. Owen. Carol! And I'm Ted, and this is Kathy. Yeah. Now, we were very clear on the Evite that everyone needed to come up with a safe word. Yeah, a safe word is just in case you're in the middle of sex play or a scenario that's making you feel uncomfortable and you want to stop. So before we pair off, let's go once and say our safe words. Parachute. Nunchucks. Razzmatazz. Filibuster. Jean-George Peppers. Popcorn. Submarine. Super Kendrafragilistic XBL Adonches. Mine is more. Yeah, and mine is harder. <laughs> <laughs> We're just kidding. We do not have safe words. No, there's nothing you can do to me sexually that can make me feel uncomfortable. Trust me, I've tried. <laughs> I love you. Baby, I don't think this is such a good idea. But I want to do this. I think it'll be good for our relationship because I love you and I want to learn how to do other things to you. Come on, let's just go home. I light some candles, I slip you out of that girdle. 
flip on the Jimmy Kimmel show and our bodies will become one, baby. But I want to do this. <laughs> oh, boy! The same words made me forget your real names. Tell me again. Cheyenne. Victor. Loretta. Leslie. John George Peppers. Misty Peppers. Owen. Carol! And I'm Ted, and this is Kathy. Oh, boy. Now I forgot the safe words again. Sam! Parachute. Nunchucks. Rasmataz. Phyla Booster. John George Peppers. Popcorn. Submarine. Super Flag Elastic, you stick us malaminocious! And we're back. <sighs> okay. Do I have to say this was a bad idea? <laughs> I... I don't, I don't know why. That tickles me so much. Oh, I fucking hated it so much. This... Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I know the rest of them probably aren't going to be like this, because it's not... The rest of them, I assume, aren't going to be set at key parties, but... Carol was the least objectionable thing about that to me. <laughs> Oh, okay, so I just set it up for anyone who didn't. I mean, I'm sure I played a clip. But uh, Key Party, uh, it's a swingers party, and you got a a menagerie of weirdos there. Uh, I don't know how to describe this sketch. It's just pure stupidity and stupidness. But it's Horatio Sands as Carol. He's with his lover, or her lover, Colin Farrell. Uh, And then you have basically the whole cast playing like I, I don't know how to describe them. Just seven, like, bystanders in a 70s porn film. Well, the weird thing about this to me, and this is something I, like, I always notice it, and it always takes me out of the show, because I always try to imagine, like, what is it like to watch it live, like, to be in the audience? And anytime they have something that requires, like, a close-up, like, I wonder what the audience is feeling. Because, like, this is, the, this is basically, like, the joke is a montage of a close-up on a person's face saying their name or their safe word. Actually, just that's it. But it's like, and then it cycles through all of them. But like, if you're watching, if you're just in the audience, you're just seeing them do that to the camera. And I feel like the effect of the joke is completely lost on you. Oh, yeah, probably. And that, I don't know, that always bothers me to think that. Because like, I always think like, if I ever get like free tickets to the show... I'm going to be watching this sketch. It's like, oh, I, I guess I would like that if I was watching it on TV like I could have fucking done anyway. Well, no, I like that. Well, it's because I, I don't see the Saturday Night Live as a show for the live audience. I always see it as a show for the TV audience. I think when you're going to SNL, uh, it's more so you can just see a taping of a live comedy show. I guess. I, I mean, I, for me, that would be the most interesting part of going to see a live show is just, you know, seeing how they put the show together. And and I guess that's true of any show. Like, even if it's not a live show, if you're never, like, watching a taping of a sitcom, you're not seeing it done together, so it's not like you're watching it narratively. Yeah, imagine going to see, like, a the Roseanne show taping, and then you have to watch, like, five takes of the same scene, and you're like, oh, shit, can't fucking Johnny Galecki learn his goddamn lines? Is he even on that show? I don't know. But, uh, but no, I just, I don't know, it just seems weird to me that, like, I'm just thinking of that in that moment of, like... Being in that audience going, what what am I supposed to be laughing at? She just said super supercatalfragilisticexpialidocious. So, so the whole joke, I guess, 
I guess the joke is, I don't know, because I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg here. Because Carol, this is not a Carol sketch. Carol is just one of the characters. I guess she's the the main character of the sketch. Um, but it's more of an ensemble piece. And they go around, they say their names, and then they go, and then Carol, they get to Carol, and she goes, oh, I forgot everybody's names. Say them again. They say them again. Then they go around and they say their safe words. And then Carol's like, oh, and now I forgot everybody's names again. So they say their names again. And it's a, a joke of repetition. But then for some reason, for me, putting Horatio Sands in a dress at the end of that line, it, it, it was just a beautiful mesh of like two stupid things coming together. Okay, I don't want to I don't want to give the game away here, but I feel like this is going to be the format for the rest of this episode of the podcast where I'm just going to make you defend this more and more <laughs> as it becomes even more indefensible. I laughed throughout the whole fucking thing. I mean, okay, well part of it too for me is I feel like this is one of those things, and I don't know if it was this era of the show. I feel like I would apply it to any era of the show, at least any modern, like, post-2000s era of the show, where they can't just let a joke be what it is. They have to inject a bunch of other random shit in it. Like, to me, all the other characters shouldn't have been crazy and weird. It should have just been Carol. She should have been the joke, the punctuation of, here's all these people who are supposed to be here, and then here's the one element that isn't, and that's why it's funny. But when you have, like, Tina Fey as, like, a weird character, and uh, Chris Parnell as a weird character, it's it, it dilutes the the impact of Carol being there. Really? So you think it would be better if there were all, like, people in, like, business attire? Or just... Like, getting ready for an orgy? People that you wouldn't... That you would expect to be at a place like this and weren't cartoon characters. Like, yeah, they can be swarthy and whatever. Maybe even, like, set it in the 70s where a key party makes more sense. I think they kind of were trying for that, but maybe, I don't know. But, like, maybe that could be a joke that they're all, like, they got big 70s porn mustaches or whatever. But, like, otherwise make it so, like, the context is we're at a sex party. Here are a bunch of people that would come to a sex party. And then here's wacky-ass Carol. That's your joke. Otherwise, it's just, isn't it weird that all these wacky people are at a sex party, and that's not as funny? I see. I I don't even know if that's the joke. Well, that's the thing. I don't know what the joke is, but you should know what the joke is if a a fucking sketch works. No, I don't know what the joke is either, but I loved it. And I I love that there's all these weirdos there. And then you got, and they're playing it all straight. Like, they just look in the camera, they say their name, they say their safe word. Uh, And then fucking Carol just, like... I, I, she stands out. I, I think it's maybe because it's Horatio Sands' performance. But for some reason, I see this sketch as kind of like almost a parody of an SNL sketch. I think that's why I like it so much. Do you think it's an, it's a deliberate parody or unintentional? Because I would say unintentionally, sure. But I don't feel any self-awareness here. So yeah, that I can't figure out. I, I don't know how much of Carol is intentionally funny for me and unintentionally funny for me because to me it feels more likely peering back the curtain of this thing that they went to horatio sands and they were like do you have any characters and he just put on a wig and went what if i talk like this (laughs) and like that's it i guess we'll build a story around that because yeah i would be fascinated of how like i said i don't know what came first the chicken or the egg was this a sketch about just a key party for swingers or was this a sketch to just showcase Ratio Sands in a dress? I, I don't know, but it, 
if it was something like Horatio Sands was just like, what if I play Carol? But <laughs> like, all right, there's not we'll enough to it sense. though. To me, like there should have been something like what I was, what I was expecting to happen was she was going to get more and more disgusting with how into it she was to the point where like the other people are like, they have like an ideal of what a key party is. We're going to switch keys and then we're going to make love. And she's like, I want 50 dicks inside of me or something, you know, like that. Like it got crazy, you know, but like, it's, I don't know. It never builds to anything. It's just, did you laugh at Carol the first time they cut to her? Well, we're going to cut to her five more times. See, and that usually never works for me. Uh, I, I call them the lather, rinse, repeat SNL sketches, where it's just like, okay, here's the joke, and we're going to do the joke two more times until the sketch just Yeah, I never out. liked those sketches. That's what this is, but for some reason, when Horatio Sands is just kind of, I think it's kind of commenting on that, like, it's almost like torturing the audience in a way, I think. I don't know if that's intentional, but... I found it as, like, a humorous, like, fuck you to the audience. Like, here's the dumbest sketch we can put on the fucking TV. See? And we're going to make you... And not only are we going to say... We're going to say the names three times. And then we're going to say the safe words two times. I don't think you're crazy for, for interpreting it this way. I just... I've seen too much lazy-ass SNL to give them the benefit of the doubt that they have this in them. I mean, I, if, if, the, if the question is... Was it a really lazily written sketch or was it a brilliant meta commentary on lazy written sketches? I'm always going to err on the side of they were just lazy pieces of shit. They just accidentally became absurdly brilliant. All right. Well, okay. So I thought we would be torn on Carol. I'm not surprised by that. Well, be honest. How much of your enjoyment of Carol is because you knew I would fucking hate this? I know. I've always loved Carol. <laughs> Before I had a podcast, I loved Carol. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. So let's see if your opinion changes on the second sketch starring Carol. Uh, this one from an episode hosted by Lance Armstrong. Oh, by the way, real quick. How many seasons does this character appear? Is it all one season or is it like multiple seasons? Uh, two seasons. The sketch we just watched was season 20 or season 30. And then all the other ones are from season 31. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, once Carol became a character all her own. She existed solely in one season. All right, you ready? Uh huh. I really play. appreciate this. I really do. Oh, there I, she is I, now. I'm nervous, but I appreciate it. No, don't be nervous. You're going to be fine. Okay. <gasps> Carol! Hey! <laughs> How are you, girlfriend? <laughs> oh, that must be Jim. I've heard so much about you. I'm Carol! Oh, Hi. Hey, Carol, Carol, this is our friend Dylan. Hey. Ooh la la, you smell like brute. Oh, you smell nice too, Carol. It's aspirin. I blew my back out in the shower trying to loofah my calves. <laughs> I'm Carol! <laughs> well, why does everybody have a seat, all right? Uh, Carol, can I get you something to drink? Um, do you have Dunkin' Donuts coffee colada or something? Um, uh, n no, I, I think you can only get those, you know, at, at Dunkin' Donuts. Um, you know, we have coffee, I guess. Oh, you know what? I'll just have a slippery nipple. 
<laughs> um, is that some kind of shot? I, I doubt we have that. Oh, that's too bad, because I would love to wrap my mouth around a slippery nipple. <laughs> you might get these two if you play your cards right. Yeah, you're bad, Carol. You're bad. I'm serious. They're really slippery. Okay. I don't even know why. Okay, Carol, okay. All right, and we're back. Okay. <laughs> so... Uh, what do you think of Carol now that she's got a theme song? I will say, I see where you're coming from with the parody of a bad recurring character thing. Clearly, this feels more self-aware in the way you're talking about. And now I'm even more fucking certain that you stole that thing when we were writing that sketch show, because I almost, I'm almost certain she broke a toilet seat in that sketch you wrote. Well, I didn't write the original sketch. No, but you wrote the part where she was taking a shit in the Tower 2 of 9-11 and broke the toilet seat. Did she break the toilet seat? I don't remember. That was like freaking 20 years ago. Um, But, (laughs) so Carol has, she's got a theme song now. Okay, all I have to say about this this sketch (laughs) is, I I desperately want to watch the entire fucking uh, episode that this sketch was in with Lance Armstrong. Oh, it's terrible. Holy shit, was he the... I mean, he might be the worst. I mean, we've watched whole episodes. Not to say that... I mean, that. He, I think he might be the worst. Holy shit. It's, oh, yeah, no. He was... Uh, <laughs> that was not a good casting choice to have Lance Armstrong host a live comedy show. Why didn't he take performance-enhancing drugs then? <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so Carol's own sketch. You got Jason Sudeikis. You got Amy Poehler. They're setting up Lance Armstrong with Amy's old friend, Carol. Carol comes in. It's Horatio Sands in a dress. She says some crude things. And then she goes, uh, I'm going to take a dump and uh, smoke a joint on the toilet. Lance Armstrong follows her. They have sex on the toilet. That's the sketch. Um, I I loved it. Well, yeah, okay. I No, I definitely enjoyed this more than the previous one. It had had more of a central idea to it. And actually, it kind of conforms to what I was talking about. The idea that you would just get increasingly more gross as the sketch went on. They kind of did that here. I mean, <laughs> just, yeah, it, it's again, it's just dumb on top of dumb. Just requesting Dunkin' Don- Donuts coffee yeah. in a residence. <laughs> just Jason, Jason Zunigas, can I get you anything? Yeah, give me a Dunkin' Donuts cucalacha. I think you can only get those at Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, yeah, it's... But at the same time, it's it's sort of the opposite of the last sketch. You're talking about like, you know, here's just a montage of shit, you know, re- rinse and repeat. This is just the same thing over and over again, but just like in a different way. It's just, I got the joke the first time, now I'm going to get five other versions of it and then we're done. Well, yeah, but I'm fine with that. I don't There's know. something wrong with that. Yeah, because it's fucking Carol, man. <laughs> I love fucking Carol. Um, what was the other thing I fucking loved about Carol in this? I, j- the theme song itself, I think, kind of proves my theory that this is a, a spoof of bad SNL sketches. Because, like, when the theme song's over, they hold on Horatio Sanz's face, like, a little too long. I knew- And it's not like Carol has a theme song. Carol's theme song is just like, it's Carol! And it's just Horatio Sanz just dancing around. Have they ever done a sketch... Where it was like a bunch of characters in a sketch and they all have theme songs and then they don't even do a sketch because like 
Every time a character funny? introduces themselves, they go, and here's Jerry, and he's got a thing. You know? The is just theme songs. No, but that would have been a great idea. Uh, just because I feel like Carol would make sense in something like that, where it's just like you keep cutting to the theme song to Carol. Yeah, because it's because like, Carol is not a character. That's the thing. Why is this Carol as opposed to just Harry Shosans in a different dress with a different wig? It doesn't matter. I think all of his female characters, and he probably has a bunch, all were basically Carol. Yeah, he played a lot of fat ladies. He he was the go-to for, like, Rosie O'Donnell, and he played, like, Cameron Mannheim. Like, if there was a fat lady, it was Horatio Sands in a dress. And I would hazard a guess to say that he didn't so much do impressions of those people as he just did Carol. And he went, instead of, I'm Carol, he went, I'm Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, no, that's something, I, that never worked for me with Horatio Sands. I always kind of found that mean-spirited, when it's like, you know... Cameron Mannheim is a is a lady with fucking feelings. <laughs> like, how's that fucking feel? When she sees, turns on the TV and there's fucking Horatio saying, I'm Cameron Mannheim! To be fair, they haven't had a lot of, like, you know, bigger ladies on the show. I mean, like, A.D. Bryant recently, but before that, that wasn't really a niche that was often filled. You know, other yeah. than Denny Dillon, really. I mean... To play a character, to, to have a, an actress who could play, that's why you would usually either have a dude doing it or, or I don't know, I guess maybe put on a gas tire and fat makeup, maybe. Yeah, but I, it, they probably would never have had Cameron Mannheim on SNL if Horatio Sands wasn't on the show. Do you think they were like, Horatio Sands, can you do any impressions? And he was like, I do a pretty good Cameron Mannheim. <laughs> well, I do a pretty decent Cameron Mannheim. It kind of like this. Isn't that just like your Carol and your Rosie O'Donnell? No, it's completely different. No, see, this one has a different colored wig. I mean, to be fair, like Tracy Morgan playing like Oprah and Star Jones, and they're basically the same person. Yeah, it's all the same shit. Uh, Keenan Thompson did that. Keenan Thompson has like eight uh, impressions of large black women, like Aretha Franklin. Hey, Keenan Thompson does an impression of Aretha Franklin. Star Jones. Keenan Thompson's there. Uh, fucking, uh, who's, who's another fat black lady? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a repository of fat black ladies in my head. Uh, I bet you Keenan Thompson played her. Didn't he come out like a couple years ago and was like, I'm not playing women anymore? Yeah, it was when uh, when they hired Sashir Zameda. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, no, if you watch Keenan Thompson's first like four seasons, he's in a dress in every single episode. Yeah, and I just, I don't know. I mean... I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, men shouldn't dress up as women for the sake of comedy because it's like denigrating or whatever. But I just, I'm also not on board with like, guy in a dress, automatically hilarious. Yeah, no, I don't think drag is just uh, just funny on its own. There has to be a point behind it. Uh, what What is the point of Carol? See, I can't tell you. <laughs> and you've seen all the sketches. I've only seen these first two. I can kind of t- if you're right about it being a parody of bad sketch recurring characters, I can I can get on board with that now in a way that I couldn't quite get on board with it in the first sketch. But I still feel like if you're going to do this cuz I think that's actually a really considering how many shitty recurring characters SNL has had over the years, that that's actually a, a laudable thing to do to actually poke fun at that and parody that. I still feel like if this is what they're doing, they're not doing it well, and it might as well... Like, the fact that we could, like, be not sure about it, the fact that we're like, is this a bad sketch or is it a parody of bad sketches? 
I feel like I should know by now, one way or the other. And the fact that I don't means if, if they're doing what we want it to be, they're not doing it right. And they, they never, it's not like at the end of this, Carol, Horatio Sands takes off the Carol makeup and like says, oh, this is what this was. But there has to be some kind sort of audience punishment with Carol because we have three more Carol sketches to watch. Well, I feel like this was more Lance Armstrong's punishment. Like he was never really held accountable for all the doping and shit that he did. Yeah, <laughs> but he it, had to be in the Carol sketch. <laughs> But yeah, it also could have been like, oh, like, fuck the Lance Armstrong episode. Sure, Horatio, you can do Carol, because, like, I'm going to save my sketch for next week when we have a better host. Um, But speaking of better hosts... I was going to say, I noticed next week is apparently Alec Baldwin, so, you know. Our next Carol sketch is from an Alec Baldwin-hosted episode, the uh, reigning king of SNL host. I believe he's uh, 17 times, maybe? Something up there. Uh, But yeah. Carol, featuring Alec Baldwin. Here we go. So, uh, Carol, tell me about yourself. What does an enchanting flower like you do for a living? Um, I work for the government. Oh, really? Fascinating. Yeah, I work on a toll booth on a New York State Thruway. Oh, I-87. Really? Because I-69! Your wordplay delights me. I swear to God, if I had a ring right now, I would get down on my knees. Oh, my. <laughs> get out of town. There we are. Oh, is this for me? What? Oh, oh. No, 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 no. Fine, we'll ball. But you guys have to take your turn while I go powder my nose. Okay. I mean, I'm going to go push one out and smoke a doobie in the crapper. <laughs> I got a better idea. Why don't you do exactly what you just said, but back at my place? Okay. But we better hurry, because I got a gayer barking. Oh, Oh, Carol. Carol. And we're back. Okay, yeah, tell me that's not Horatio Saints just fucking with us. Okay, but it's so copy and paste from the previous sketch. It's just the same structure exactly, which if you're going to make fun of bad sketches, I mean, I guess but see, that's the thing. I, it's Schrodinger's bad sketch. Are they making fun of bad sketches or are they just making a bad sketch? It's got to be intentional. Otherwise, I can't believe a group of uh, fucking paid writers would go, hey, let's do another Carol this week. <laughs> I well, I was thinking about that too because yes, you could say oh they're the theme song and everything, but I'm a fan of Power Rangers and I'm a fan of Super Sentai and like Sailor Moon and shit like that, where they have this thing where they have the transformation sequence and they film it once, and they film it that way so that they can do it in every episode so they can cut on t- they can save on time. It's like we got like fucking five minutes of just them transforming into superheroes and we just use the same fucking footage every week. And that's what the theme song is for recurring sketches on SNL. It's just we film this and we can just replay it twice per sketch and then we have to write less sketch. And that's what I feel like this is. And if that's what it is, then it's just fucking sh- it's just the shitty thing they're always doing. I'm not going to give them credit for pointing for sort of maybe possibly pointing out that they're making shit when they're still making shit. Well, I mean, 
it's definitely improvement on the on the first Carol sketch because you got Alec Baldwin uh, actually acting in a sketch rather than Lance Armstrong just kind of like sitting there going like, uh. Yes, just by virtue of the fact that Ar- that Alec Baldwin is a better host than Lance Armstrong, this is a better version of that sketch, which means it's improving each time. But I just now I'm to the point where if I do give them credit for the cynical take that you're pl- applying to it, I st- I still. Like, even if I'm saying that's true, I still don't respect them for it. Because it's, it's like they're having their cake and eating it, too. Let's make a bad sketch, but let's kind of point out that it's bad, and then it's fine that it's bad. No, it's still bad! Well, what if it was something like... Because I'm, I'm trying to fucking find a reason for being for Carol now. Uh, what if it's something like Horatio's just like, ah, I got no ideas this week, and he just pitches Carol, and it just always gets picked, like... Like for some fucking reason, if they did By like accident. a if if they did like a Kyle Mooney style like meta behind the scenes short d- digital short about the hell that Horatio Sands in, is in that he constantly has to be Carol, then I would give it to them, you know. Or again, thinking of like the sketch where it's all just theme songs, like if if Dana Carvey hosted the show and brought back Lyle the the effeminate heterosexual, and they were on he was on a date with Carol, and uh, they kept going back and forth with their theme songs and their one gimmick. <laughs> Then I'd give it to him, but because that's what when I think of of like bad sketch recurring characters, that's the one that's in my head the most. Not even that it's the worst, but it just it feels like emblematic of everything bad about a SNL recurring character, right down to the fucking theme song. And this this just feels like that's the thing. To the extent that it may maybe they're doing it on purpose, it still feels like they're punishing me as an audience member. I know, and I think that's the point. I think there's a little fucking Andy Kaufman in this or something, you know? Because, like, there's no way that they're just like, yeah, no, this is this is good. Because, <laughs> like, Horatio's not committing to it. And like we said earlier, like, that usually bugs me. For some reason in this, I'm like, it's better that he's not committing to it. Because for some reason, it almost makes it uh, more absurd, you know? Well, and I, I got that more here... The problem is Lance Armstrong wasn't committing to anything because he sucked. So you didn't really get the counterbalance. The, the, they have somebody like Alec yeah. Baldwin committing as much as he always does because he's fucking great. And then Carol, Horatio Sands not committing at all. That contrast brought humor to it that wasn't in the previous sketches. I will give you that. Yeah, and Jason and Amy too. Uh, you know, everybody's playing it serious except for Horatio Sands. It's like... The sketch is just allowing Horatio Sands to do what Horatio Sands does, and they're just trying to work around it. It's like it's it's almost like it's competing against itself, you know. But part of it is that like, that kind of thing is maybe just something that annoys me a little bit because, like, we talk about that with Keenan Thompson all the time, where it's just like it feels like he was just in the room and did like a funny second take or something, and they were like, "We got to put that in a sketch," and then you get a shitty sketch with Keenan Thompson just mugging for the camera, and it's just Keenan being Keenan, and like you built around that. Why? There's not that's not enough to build around anything. So wait, so are you anti Carol? Is that what you're talking? At this point, I'm still anti. I've gone, I've come full circle already. At first, I was anti Carol because I didn't believe that it was on purpose, and now I'm getting anti Carol because I kind of (laughs) do. Because, like, because here's the thing: the double edged sword of doing this is I get how you could resent the 
the tip what what I think is perceived as the typical mainstream SNL audience that like loved the cheerleaders and loved the recurring characters and they just they I clap because I recognize it. But I'm not that guy. I'm the guy who hates the recurring sketches and wants the weird 10 to 1 sketches. But I get punished too? I have to fucking sit through Carol too? What are you telling me? I don't, I wasn't clapping along with the fucking shit. Why do I get the shit? Well, that's how I sometimes feel when I, I do my blogs, which like I, is all punishment I put upon myself. But yeah, I'll be binge watching these seasons of SNL and I'll have to watch like, Oh, eight Mary Catherine Gallagher's in a row. And it's like, I just fucking watched this. But like, I don't put it in my head that like, oh, there was like three weeks in between these episodes. And it's, you're not supposed to fucking binge watch SNL. It's fucking, you're supposed to watch it on Saturday night at 1130 when it fucking airs live. I, I ran into that because like, I, I found a bunch of like my old like cartoons and shit that I watched as a kid, like, like Fox Kids stuff were on YouTube. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch like every episode of fucking, you know, know, some fucking cartoon. And then you realize like, I'm like, oh, did my cartoons suck back then? It's like, no, they were just the same because you weren't supposed to watch 10 out of 10 in a row. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I've started like um, when I'm when I'm watching Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live, I, I find that I enjoy it more or less depending on what time of day I'm watching it. Because sometimes like, oh, I have nothing to do in the middle of the day. I'll be like watching an episode of SNL and I'm like, oh, wasn't that good. But if I'm like laying in bed, smoked a little weed and I'm watching SNL, I'm like, this is the greatest fucking show in the world, man. <laughs> I feel like you're you're uh, bearing the lead with the smoking of the weed part of that of that description. <laughs> hey, maybe it helps sometimes. Uh, Carol likes to smoke a doobie on the crapper. I I loved the um we we do the order and drinks again. She orders a shamrock shake, and then she orders a Mad Dog Twenty Twenty, so she'll crush up some no dos in it. But yeah, you know, I mean. I'm not necessarily faulting the structure for what it is. I get why you can find this funny. But yeah, just whenever I see the same thing, like twice in a row, it's like, you just did the same fucking thing. I feel like they just took the old sketch and like erased like Mad Libs and just like added in Alec Baldwin instead of Lance Armstrong. And that always rubs me the wrong way. And it's not the thing you would notice if you were watching it week to week, but I notice it doing this, this stupid fucking thing that we're doing. Oh yeah, no, it's... Pretty much a carbon copy of the last sketch, except with some more gags thrown in, um, or different gags thrown in, I guess, in some points. But even the way the sketch ends with Jason and Amy just, like, looking in the camera and going, Oh, Carol. Like, that right there it makes me think that, like, I'm not supposed to believe that this is a real sketch. Like, the reason I like this is because as soon as Horatio Sands enters and goes, I'm Carol, right in the camera, and then the theme song comes on. It tells you right away, oh no, this is dumb. Like, just have some fun with this dumb shit we're doing. I don't know. I'm still... The thing that's missing for me when it comes to... Because now I think I'm fully on board with this is on purpose. This is a bad sketch on purpose. But for me to embrace it, for me to appreciate that for what it is and accept it, I need... You need to see it two more times? Okay. (laughs) <laughs> no, I need one more level to it of, of <laughs> deliberate self-awareness. I need something for them to like, I need a, I know, and I hate to say it this way, but I kind of think I need a wink to the camera. I need something where it's like, I know that they know that I know that they're doing, that I, I know what they're doing. Yeah, unfortunately they never do. All right. Well, then I'm never going to like this sketch. <laughs> no, because I, I want the same thing. I like that. that 
keep bringing up a sketch I never fucking wrote for a <laughs> sketch troupe that doesn't exist anymore. Turned out to be a cult. I don't know if you knew that part. It, uh, yeah, no, I did. Uh, it wasn't, uh, that wasn't inspired by Carol. I, cause I didn't, I wasn't watching SNL at the time. I just kind of came into, into this era of SNL a couple, a few years ago. Um, but that's, that's what I wanted to do because I hate recurring characters. So this so is just I, a thing you've wanted to do for years and they just happened to do it with Carol. Well, I, I, I don't know. Cause I don't know if they're doing it with Carol. I don't know if I'm reading into Carol. Is I don't know if Carol is exactly what Carol is, so wait, or if Carol is more. Now I'm convinced, and you're not convinced. We're ba- we basically switched places. No, I mean th- that's always been my theory: is that this is a bad intentional, this is an intentionally bad sketch on purpose to kind of poke fun at Saturday Night Live recurring characters. That's always been my theory, but it's never been clear. Like it, Horatio Sands has never said, "Like, oh yeah, fuck it, that's exactly what I was doing." Well, the 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 other thing that kind of pushes me in that direction now that we're into this, both Amy Poehler and Horatio Sands, I believe, came from UCB, right? Yeah, I don't know about John, Jason Sudeikis. Was he UCB as well, or he seems like more like a Groundlings guy, so. maybe? But yeah, I don't think so. But both of them, like UCB, I mean, I, I only know them from the Comedy Central show. I've never seen them live or anything or like any of the other stuff. But I would guess, just from what I know of them, that they're not, I mean, obviously not like anti-SNL, but like they would they would deconstruct the kind of thing that SNL would just play straight. That yeah. that like the idea of doing a deliberately bad SNL recurring character, that sounds like something in the UCB wheelhouse. So the fact that both of them are in this sketch and probably had a hand in the writing of it, that I I can believe that they were like this is what we're doing let's just fucking make the worst SNL character yeah even if it's not the intention there's still there is an inside joke of some kind to Carol that they don't let the audience in on like you know Horatio Sands is like can you believe we're doing this like at this point him and Amy Poehler and Jason Sudeikis they know what they're doing yeah I, I think that um I also, I, I wanted to go back because uh, <laughs> I did love when Carol says she works in the toll, on a toll booth. Uh, <laughs> Alec Baldwin's like, oh, the I-95? No, I-69! And then looks in the camera and goes, I'm Carol! <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm warming to it. I can't honestly say I'm not warming to it. The more I accept what I, what we both now think is the point I'm, I'm, a, it's a little easier to take, but I don't know. It's, it's the, it's the having its cake and eating its two thing that's still bothering me. The fact that they're still doing the thing that they're criticizing. It's, it's the matrix revolutions of sketches. It's like, yeah, criticize it and then fucking do it. I mean, that's, yeah, I don't know, man. It just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, well, uh, speaking of bad taste in your mouth. Peter Sarsgaard hosted the next Wait a minute, Carol didn't we Prince. already watch a sketch from the Peter Sarsgaard episode? Uh, Peter Sarsgaard came up when we watched Gaze in Space. Was it the same episode or different hostings? Oh, Peter Sarsgaard's in the Five Timers Club. No, he's only hosted the one time. He's... Coincidentally, this is the second time we're watching You say that as if it's obvious. I don't know, he could have hosted twice. <laughs> no, this is uh, the second sketch we're watching from the Peter Sarsgaard episode of Saturday Night Live. Uh, here's Carol number four. Ready? Push uh-huh. and play. So, Carol, let me into your world a little bit. What do you do? Um, I work for Oscar Mayer. The hot dog manufacturer. 
Yeah. I drive around in that giant Wienermobile. Hmm. Yeah, I take it to state fairs and grocery store openings. Well, that must be exhilarating, riding around in a giant hot dog. <laughs> Not as exhilarating as riding on a giant hot dog. <laughs> Carol, you are a dream. I've seen some of the most beautiful works of art the world has to offer, but none of them can hold a candle to the shining light that emanates from your solar the poetry that comes from your mouth. Ooh. You talk like Channel 13. <laughs> PBS. PBS. Yes, well, my mind's on a different kind of PBS, i.e. my protruding bone situation. <laughs> And we're back. Uh, you know, I, maybe Carol wasn't meant to be watched in a binge. I feel like you could have ended that sentence with, maybe Carol wasn't meant to be watched. Uh, I still I still like it, I, but yeah, maybe four times in one season was too much. But again, we're watching just these sketches back to back to back. In the context of an episode of Saturday Night Live, when you're not expecting Carol, and then Carol pops in, you're like, oh, Carol. Well, and I, I don't know how much of my... Because, yeah, this I def- definitely think, and I think I get the sense from you that this was a step down from the Alec Baldwin uh, sketch. Yeah. I don't know how much of that was... And maybe I just haven't been giving enough credit to everyone around Carol, like Peter Sarsgaard. Sarsgaard? Sarsgaard. I think I, I had the same problem in the previous, when we talked about it in the Gaze and Space episode. Scar- Peter Sarsgaard. 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 Married to Maggie Gyllenhaal. I feel like, and I and I like Peter Sarsgaard as an actor. I like him in most things that I see him in. Here, I, I maybe he just wasn't good live. I don't remember necessarily thinking this as much in the Gaze and Space sketch. I maybe just didn't have enough of him to... to judge one way or the other but he feels very uncomfortable and awkward and i don't know i feel like they went too far with him being like erudite and sophisticated i don't know yeah well he is also he's come out and said that he was drunk during this oh really he, like he, he he was nervous so he had a couple drinks and then he just was drunk for the for the actual live show i mean i can see that now that you say that but i don't know it, it's just yeah a lot of it it's just I don't know, maybe they took it too far. Like, I liked, like, with Alec Baldwin, he was kind of like, oh, Shantae, like, you know, that kind of thing. This, I felt like, once you get to PBS protruding boner situation, <laughs> I just, I don't know, I check out a little bit. Yeah, well, I think it's another one where it's like, it, it's acting, you know? That's, like again, why I hate when people break in Saturday Night Live sketches, because it, you need to have fucking acting in there. Alec Baldwin knew exactly what kind of sketch he was in, and he was delivering a performance there. When people start giggling in sketches, it's like, well, is your character giggling? Are you giggling? And if you're giggling, you're unprofessional. And if your character's giggling, it breaks the reality of the sketch. This is a situation where if anyone broke in this sketch, like, it would lose something. Like, if Peter Sarsgaard started laughing, it would just kind of, it would lose, like, everything about it. Like, Horatio Sands is the only person who's allowed to be like that. At the same time, I feel like, again, maybe it's just the specific nature of this variant over the previous ones. Here, I actually think, you were talking about like how him kind of being awkward and not being 100% 
or even 50%, I would say, uh, as Carol, like that adds to it. And I feel, and I agree, especially in the last one, I agree. Here, I feel like the awkwardness took away something from it. What, the Horatio Sands giggling? Well, Horatio Sands, not, not so much giggling, just like kind of like looking at the cue cards. He's got kind of an Alec Baldwin, or, I mean, a kind of a, a Christopher Walken quality to him a little bit. Yeah, he does seem kind of lost. But he has through all of this, and I haven't. It hasn't been a problem for me up to this point. I felt like that was almost the point of it, to the extent that there's any think point. It's, but... Yeah, there's many Horatio Sands sketches where he just like completely ruins because he's like not like in character at all, and he's just kind of like fucking being a jackass kind of. But in this sketch, I think it's intentional. Like I, I, I almost think like they gave this sketch to Horatio Sands. This is his final season too. So it's like, we're giving you this because this is a sketch you cannot ruin. <laughs> I can see that, but at the same time, it's like, it wor- that worked for me in the previous sketch and it didn't work for me here. And I can't really pin down exactly why. Well, yeah, cause it didn't work for me in the Lance Armstrong one either. I think it's just the, I, I, I think that Alec Baldwin was just Alec Baldwin's great. I don't think it has anything to do with Carol. I think he just makes everything better. Except for, you know, a set where there are guns yeah, on set. But. Every, he makes every single situation as good as it can possibly be. I mean, unless he's got a prop gun in his hand. Yes, that is true. <clears throat> or if he's uh, playing fucking words with friends on an airplane. I don't know that reference. What, what happened there? Oh, that was years ago, but he like uh, screamed at a, uh, flight attendant because the flight attendant was like you have to turn your phone off but he was playing words with friends and he was like i'm not turning my fucking phone off i'm alec baldwin i mean and i think they removed him from the flight maybe i know i i kind of hate that alec baldwin seems like an asshole because i love him so much as an actor but i imagine if i met him in public he'd be like a piece of shit oh yeah no he's done he's done many piece of shit things but yeah, yeah, fucking good SNL host. But it's because I I hate that thing like what, that we let actors off the hook for being assholes when they're great. Which I think we're gonna talk about that with the next sketch, as I see. I was gonna, I was gonna say that's a pretty good transition into our final Carol appearance. Which can I just say we have disgraced Lance Armstrong, recent murderer Alec Baldwin, and now fucking Kevin Spacey. Uh, yeah, is that a... What's Peter Sarsgaard got in his closet? I mean, we're gonna find out at some point, because apparently this was the Carol curse that we didn't know about. There's gotta be something fucking up with Peter Sarsgaard. Apparently Colin Firth uh, is a fucking terrorist. <laughs> Colin Firth, Colin uh, Farrell. Speak, I always make that mistake. Colin Farrell. Um, well, Colin Farrell did some, did some shit. Did he? I mean, I, he was, well, he was a raging alcoholic for a oh, while. okay. And then cleaned up. Uh, but he's probably slapped a hooker in the mouth a couple times. They could uh, just say that, probably. Yeah, Nobody's yeah, going to sue us for that. Nah. I'm pretty sure that's on his Wikipedia. <laughs> Colin Farrell is an actor who's probably slapped the hooker in the mouth a couple times. Colin Farrell, actor, philanthropist, hooker slapper. <laughs> probable hooker slapper. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, speaking of piece of shit human beings who were fantastic Saturday Night Live hosts... Kevin Spacey hosts our next episode. I, I don't have any experience with him as an SNL host. I I mean, I don't remember. Have we ever watched him in anything before? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, but he's hosted twice, and he was great both times. Uh, the first time he was in the Star Wars audition sketches, you've probably seen that. Where, like, Burt Reynolds is playing Darth Vader, and he plays Han- or Christopher Walken. I mean, I hate those Jack- sketches, so I always tune them out. But Oh, 
Yeah, I think that was the first one. Um, yeah, and that's when Kevin Spacey played Christopher Walken as Han Solo, and he played uh, Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau, maybe somebody else. Um, but yeah, I think that was the first one of those they did. Um, but anyway, Kevin Spacey hosted uh, our last appearance of Carol. Are you ready? Wait a second. All right, I'm ready. Ooh. <laughs> Who's this Armand Asante impersonator? <laughs> uh, this is my dad, Jerry. He's a total dilf. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to go freshen up in the ladies' room. Yeah, I wouldn't if I were you. You are an ethereal spirit, Carol. You know, in all my years in the antiques business, I've learned things that, well, you have to have patience. You know, sometimes when you want a certain piece, you have to wait years for the market to go down. Well, you have to wait about two minutes for me to go down. (laughs) Carol! And I'm Jerry! Oh, Carol, I feel like I'm lashed to the mast, trying in vain to resist your siren song. Ooh, you talk like Hannibal Lecter. What can I say? I love what I do. Just this week, I found the most amazing chest of drawers. Oh. Let me guess, Carol, let me guess. You play with my chest, and I'll drop my drawers. Hey, I did not raise you to talk like that. There are ladies present. Apologize for my son. Anyway, Carol, you were saying? I was saying... Uh, you play with my chest and I'll drop my drawers. <laughs> and we're back for the final time. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty much the exact same fucking sketch every single time. But it always gets some laughs out of me. Okay, here's, here's my new theory. It started out, well it started out as the other sketch, which wasn't really even a Carol sketch. But then they were like, okay, we have this Carol character. Let's make it the the parody of recurring characters. Recurring characters suck, and we're cynical writers, so we're going to make this sketch. And then even more cynical writers got a hold of it and said, hey, you got a recurring character. Let's just run it into the ground like every other recurring character. What? What about irony? Fuck it. It's Carol. <laughs> It's a good theory. You're right, Mike. By the way, Kevin Spacey is great in this one specific thing he does. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. Kevin Spacey was a really good SNL host. Got to give him, got to give him props where he's due. <laughs> Let's all take a moment to, uh, you know, spread some accolades on Kevin Spacey. But I, I kind of wish, since this is our last Carol, I, I really wish they would have gone further with the catchphrases, like a little bit. Like she says, "I'm Carol" like three times, but maybe it's just because I want them to fulfill my theory on what this sketch is. But, like, I wanted every fucking line to just be rich. I'm Carol! Well, to be fair, we I think we had the best I'm Carol of any of these sketches in this sketch. Where he literally just screams, Carol! <laughs> well, there was one where he, he warms up into it. He's like, I'm Carol! <laughs> but, like, that's, oh, that's, that's that. a Carol exclamation of somebody that knows what Carol is. Yeah. Um... I, I wish I knew at the start that the uh, Carol's drink order would be a running gag because uh, I would have I would have brought them up each time. But this one had my favorite where she orders a soup bowl full of Baileys and Rumple Mints. What are Rumple Mints? Is that? I think it's a flavored vodka. I okay, believe. I see. I don't know. I know nothing about booze. Uh, but yeah, I, that's that's where I keep getting hung up is the recurring elements of the sketch. Where if it was a 
I don't know. Because, again, going back on, is this a parody of a, ske- of a type of sketch or is it just the type of sketch it is? I feel like there would be more to those elements. There would be something within each one that would kind of give away the game that we're, we know what we're doing. Because they're just doing it. They're just, oh, remember the last one where she mentioned uh, uh, a McDonald's drink? What if she mentions a fucking Dunkin' Donuts drink again? Because that was three sketches ago, so people have forgotten it. It's just, it, and that's what pisses me off. It's like, you can either criticize the thing or do the thing. You can't do both. Yeah, no, it, it, does, it, does it surprise you at all that this is a very divisive character among SNL fans? I mean, it surprises me that there are enough SNL fans who remember that this was a thing for it to technically be divisive. Well, I think Horatio Sands is definitely divisive, and I think this is the thing that, like, people point to. You as, mean like, more so than the grooming? They point to him playing Carol as a bad thing? <laughs> Just strictly talking SNL. Only the things that I mean, happened on SNL, not the things that happened backstage on SNL, just the things that happened on camera while well, a fucking uh, studio audience was in the room. I mean, I know uh, he's this... a, a rapist of minors, but really, it's that fucking Carol. Yeah, no, it, it's Carol that we all hate. Uh. Uh, but no, I, yeah, no, that, that, this sketch had Kevin Spacey and Horatio Sands in it. And I was fucking giggling. Uh, he, he did say body farts. Was that on purpose or was that a misaligned by? I, I think that was just him misspeaking. So, Carol, uh, Jerry is an antique dealer. Yes, I think things are more beautiful when they've had a little wear and tear. Oh. Then I think I got a few body farts that you'd enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> and we also learned that Carol is a model for plus-sized coffins. I did laugh at that line. I will say, having watched now all five of these, I, I am more sure than ever that it's just whoever he's with. Alec Baldwin and Kevin Spacey, two great actors, two probably shitty people, and well, one definitely a shitty person, one probably a shitty person in real life. But they're great at what they do, and they elevate the scene that they're in Lance Armstrong and Peter Sarsgaard, who uh, this was apparently drunk, drunk Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah. They, they did not elevate the scene that they were in. So I can't, at this point I can't give any credit to Carol because it seems like it's all the utility players that make a Carol sketch work or not work. No, that's true. I mean, well, that's true in, um, in all comedy, your straight man is just as important as your comedic foil, you know? I mean, you know, fucking Abbott would be nothing without Costello. He'd just be some dumb fucking fat guy running around. No, I, and I get that. But I'm saying, like, specifically here, I feel like the straight men are more important than the main character, which, you know. Yeah, no, that's like what, what I said. Like, you know, you, they have to be taking it super serious for the sketch to work. The craziness of Carol can only exist when she lives in a universe that shouldn't allow for that craziness. Like, that's the joke, is that, you know, this fucking art gallery is having a, a, a fucking fancy art gallery opening, and Carol walks in. No, and, I, that's, and, it's, and that's the thing. I don't, wanna, I don't want it to come across like I don't get the joke. I get the joke. I just don't like the joke. <laughs> well, also, uh, I, I just want to point out, since we watched... All of Carol's uh, recurring sketches. I always like to look for for themes. I like to look for a through line. I like to look for a little bit of character development. Granted, no character development from Carol. 
But Jason Sudeikis' character, I liked watching him and his transition in these characters, because he does kind of move along with each. Like, Carol's always the same. Jason's a little different. Like, in the art gallery one with Peter Sarsgaard, when uh, Amy Poehler's like, oh, I had to pick up a friend at work, you know, that's the first time Jason is like, who? You know, like, he gives a look like, oh, it better not be Carol. And then in the last sketch, (laughs) they're having dinner with Jason Sudeikis' dad, played by Kevin Spacey. And as soon as Carol walks in, like, you can tell Jason, his character has had enough of Carol. Like, he he is done with this recurring character. Well, it's interesting, Amy Poehler as well, because at the start of it, Amy Poehler was like, oh, my old friend from college or whatever. And it was, yeah, it's really like, on, the, on this sketch, they're both on board. They're like, fuck Carol. But the problem I have with that is it's recognition that presupposes that the audience will remember who Carol is and, like, as just like want to see more carol like that can't be true right like when jason sudeikis recognized goes oh my god who's it gonna be it's almost as if they're like oh no even the audience knows that this is gonna be a carol sketch that could not have been true right i don't i don't know you would think because you think that and it's probably not true but i don't know it's probably half true that people who go see snl are you talking about the studio audience or the live or the I, TV? Both, watches? I would say. I, I think that that written reaction of "Oh no, who's it going to be?" presupposes that there's enough clues in this sketch that if you didn't, you were, you were just watching it blind, unlike us, you'd be like, "Oh, wait a minute, him and Amy Poehler together? I think Carol's going to come in the room." Which, like, if the fact that anyone would even remember who the fuck Carol was, well, see, that's where I, I don't think it's uh, it's uh, that. I think it's the opposite of that. I think it's kind of like you're watching SNL and, you know, you you watch every week, you know, or you watch every new episode. Maybe you skip a couple. Oh, yeah, I did watch the Lance Armstrong one, but I wasn't really paying attention. And then you're watching the Peter Sarsgaard and you're like, wait, this, this kind of looks familiar. This this kind of setup. Oh, fuck, that's right. Carol. I think it's a, like a switcheroo. We always start with just Jason and Amy like, oh, hey, we're having a sketch. Uh, we're setting the scene. And then Carol walks in. I think Carol is interrupting the flow of the sketch like she shouldn't be there. Again, that's going back to my theory that this is just a parody of recurring characters. On so the show. you think the meta isn't just it's a bad sketch on purpose, just the the basic fundamental incredulity that this would even be a sketch is part of the humor of the sketch. I think so. And then in the reality, the sketch is like no one should be excited to see Carol like Carol is the, you know. <laughs> grossest human being and the most annoying human being but then there's always one character in the sketch who is just fucking fascinated and fatuated by Carol. See, and again, that's just it's a level that if I believed that that was on purpose I would give the writers of this sketch so much respect but I cannot believe that that is on purpose I I, I mean, at the very at, at most, I would say it is, you know, it's an it's Pat thing. It's, you just have to have the character that you know, is an, is obsessed with wanting to see it's Pat's dick because otherwise the sketch doesn't work. I can't imagine it's that meta. But then again, the movie of it's Pat was that meta. So maybe this is that meta too. Yeah, no, Pat would be an interesting one, except there's so many Pats, but Pat would be an interesting one to, to watch all the sketches to see if, how that evolved. Cause that one's also kind of the same over and over again, but I don't get, you see, I don't think Pat was like, I think Pat was just like, let's do another Pat sketch. But well, the thing, the interesting thing about that is I feel like Julia Sweeney would be the first one to say like, 
really? They gave they gave that a recurring bit? Like, I think she always seemed as astonished by that as anybody else, that you would yeah. ever do that more than once. Uh, but I, maybe, see how many there are. Maybe we could do like a two-parter, like, you know. There's got to be like 10 or 12. Um, but that was also before, you know, TiVo and stuff. Like, you know, and I mean... That was before, like, Comedy Central reruns, even, when they were doing that stuff. So, again, it's like, you know, I haven't seen a It's Pat sketch for three months. Oh, hey, fucking It's Pat's on. It's, but that's, it's... I know that. It's the curse of the recurring sketches. No matter how much time there is between them, once you've seen it once, you never have to see it again. So the fact that it, it does, it's always, it always feels like a, like a tired retread, no matter, it could be like three years from, oh, I, if they did a Carol sketch now, I'd be like, fucking Carol again? It's only been 30 years since the last Carol sketch. Why the fuck are you doing it again? <laughs> yeah, but I, for me, it's, it's the theme song that gets me. Like, I just, I love a sketch with a theme song. It, for some reason, it just makes the sketch seem like just. You know, we're telling you right off the bat that this is dumb. This is a dumb thing that we're doing. Here's our dumb little sketch. Let's watch it. Yeah, no, and I, I, I that here's the thing. I'm not at all like I don't want to sound like I'm like flabbergasted that you like this sketch. I see what you're seeing in it. I just don't agree. I, I to me, the thing that's too overpowering is you have two competing. Assuming I allow for the fact that I think this is a parody which at this point I pretty much am, you have two different levels of cynicism and they're kind of canceling each other out in a way that then just leaves me with Carol is a bad sketch. Uh, all right. So, you know, like I said, it is divisive. So I w- I'm not surprised that we are divided on Carol. I I am pro Carol. I liked the key party sketch. Uh, Lance Armstrong, not so much a fan. Alec Baldwin, Kevin Spacey, thumbs up. So that's three out of five. I enjoyed three out of five. Of no, and and here's the thing. I, I also don't want to like act like, oh, I'm so in pain or whatever. Like, like Uncle Roy was fucking unforgivable. We should never have fucking watched Uncle Roy. They should have never should have made Uncle Roy. But more importantly, you never should have put it on the list as an available thing. <laughs> I will never fucking forgive you for that. We're all at fault for Uncle no, Roy. No, I, I take no fucking <laughs> blame for Uncle Roy. I was an innocent victim, much like Uncle Roy's innocent victims. But this, I, I understand why it was on the list. I understand why this was a worthy enterprise to watch and deconstruct. I think it was interesting. I, I don't regret having watched it as a result of that. I think as a just as a novelty and as a curiosity and as a function of SNL history, this makes sense to me that we would watch all of these together. So I'm not condemning you for putting this on the list or suggesting we watch it, even if I did not enjoy it at all. <laughs> and that's not even true. I, it's not that I didn't enjoy it at all. There's stuff I liked about it. The stuff I didn't like overwhelmed the stuff I like, but this was a worthy enterprise to do. Yeah, uh, there are 14 It's Pat sketches, by the way. So uh, even even part it, two, like seven and seven, would be, I think, a hard slog. Oh, yeah. Um, but Pat is on the wheel as an option. Maybe a three-part episode, like five, five, and four? <laughs> maybe we just watch half a sketch. Take Maybe just do what we should have done with this series anyway. Watch one sketch and just guess the other ones because you could probably figure <laughs> them out. I wonder if Carol's going to break a toilet in this one. I say, yeah, Carol always ends with taking a dump and smoking some pot on the toilet every single time. Um, and yeah, and I wish, it, I mean, there, it's one of those things where it's, it that's, that's the beauty of a recurring sketch is like, it's kind of a little bit of comfort food. Like, 
you know what you're getting. You don't have to sit there. You don't have to pay too much attention. Like, oh, what's the setup of this? Oh, it's just Horatio Sands in a dress? All right, I'm in. You know, what would have done it for me is like escalation of the recurring bits to greater levels of absurdity. Because they kind of do that with the drink thing. By the last sketch, he's drinking a bowl of Baileys and shit. But like, instead of like, I'm going to smoke a doobie on the toilet. And that's just the same basically every time. Then it's like, I'm going to inject meth directly in my veins while shitting in Kevin Spacey's mouth. (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna drop an upper decker while I'm free base. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or if she's like, she's drinking rumple mitts out of like a garden hose. <laughs> like, because if that was the end, of care, that's what I wanted out of these progressions. Yeah, I wanted just more and more and more, rather than just the same, the same, the same. Which again could be a commentary on recurring character sameness, but I don't think that. But that's the thing. Had they done the escalation laziness. in severity, then because we're talking about how like you wouldn't notice that not watching these week to, you know, back to back. But so that would almost be like an inside joke for the writers. Like we're doing that and people wouldn't necessarily know that we're doing that. So that would lend itself to the, this is a joke on these kind of sketches. If they're even telling jokes that aren't supposed to be understood by the audience. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's something I always think about when I'm watching SNL and recurring characters specifically, you know, and I'm not going to, not to say I'm better than anyone else, but, if I was on the show and I had a recurring character that hit, I wouldn't want to do the exact same thing every time, you know? For me, that reads as laziness. And it's, well, because it's weird, because like, oh, but, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, but you can also get away with it, you know? It's that kind of show where you can get away with something like that. So, you know, I probably would take that option, but I would like to think that like, okay, I'm going to do something a little better, or I'm going to try to top the last sketch, you know? Every sketch has to be better than the last one to give it kind of a reason to be. Or to keep going. But, but and, and it's the weird thing to me, like, like when you think of the writer's room of SNL, and we talk a lot about it and the, the kind of weird way that it runs, but you also think of it as a probably a fairly hip room. I mean, all the cast members are part of the writing staff, too. They all write you know, their own sketches. But also, like, any time a writer breaks out, it's like a Robert Smigel or Fred Wolf, somebody that, like, they seem like, you know, really, like, cerebral, interesting guys that, that write for the show. Like, you never see, like, the hack writers, but you see hack writing on the show. Like, the, like, who, like who wrote the cheerleader sketch? I, I don't know. Like, I assume Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry probably had a hand in it, but, like, like, who was the hack-ass writer that they went to every week and, like, hey, let's do another cheerleader sketch? I think that was a Paul Appel. Um, but, yeah, with, with something like that, I, I'm, I'm forgivable of the cheerleaders specifically just because it was a whole new cast and, like, that character was popular, so it's, like, you know, they're just trying to build on it. You know, they wanted people to tune in to see the cheerleaders. Like, you know, maybe there will be a cheerleaders on Saturday Night Live tonight. I guess. And that draws in the people for the weird 10 to 1 sketches that I like. And like, if they get exposed to pedophile robot, then, you know, that maybe that's a plus. Yeah. Uh, and it was always the beginning of the, the episode. So it's like, yeah, you're coming, you get the cheerleaders, and then you get to move on with the show. But yeah, it's they did like 20 of those. And it was the same thing every time. Yeah, I just, you know, I would think you would want to at least try to do something different, you know, because this sketch is so copy and paste. She comes in, she orders a drink. They, It's the same joke every time. We don't have that drink. You can only get that at Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, whatever. The guy hits on Carol. Carol goes take takes a big shit. That's that's the outline of every single sketch we just watched. Well, and that's also the weird element of Horatio Sands being in this, because like... 
like I would be actually kind of fascinated to talk to Will Ferrell and ask him about the cheerleader sketch. Like, was there ever a point where you were like, oh my God, another cheerleader sketch? Like, did he ever come to resent it? Because, you know, I respect him as a comedic voice and an actor. And, you know, like I would imagine he's smarter than some of those sketches, you know? But I imagine if you asked Horatio Sands, like, hey, what about Carol? He'd be like, well, wasn't that great when I took a shit? <laughs> Like, I don't respect him as a mind or a comedic, comedic voice. He's a fucking rapist oh, no, that, piece of shit. That would be the answer I expected, and that would be the answer I deserved. But yeah, so it's like, I don't know, I mean... Like I'm, I'm, I'm imagining a world where there was, instead of five Carol sketches, there was 15 or 20, and it was like one of the most popular sketches ever. Like, would he have ever thought twice about it, or been just like, ah, I get to put on the dress again? Yeah. Um... Uh... But I, I, I at least find it interesting. I, I don't know. I, just, I, I kind of find it interesting, but maybe I'm just trying to put interest on it. Like, it could be a situation where this is just a terrible sketch and I'm trying to find some gold in the shit. Well, no, that that I feel like I don't I don't think you're crazy for for reading into this sketch, what you're reading into it. That essential question of the intent and the motive behind this and the self-awareness inherent to it, or lack thereof, that is interesting. And I think when you watch this, I, I went back and forth as they were happening, like, okay, they gotta know what they're doing. Wait a minute, do they? Or do they know and just don't care? That's where I kind of fall at the end, and that's where my distaste ultimately lies. I feel like if it started out with perhaps noble cynical intentions of poking fun at the thing that Saturday Night Live does all the time, I don't think it ended there. I think it ended with... Now it's just any other recurring sketch. It doesn't matter if if we knew what we were doing before. We still know what we're doing. Now we just don't care. Yeah, no, it could have it could have started that and then just turned into laziness and habit. Because um, you know what, that's also easier too. And when you think about it, SNL is a job. Do you always put a hundred percent into your job? Well, because that's the thing. I feel like when something like this happens, like you have a brilliant sketch, whether it was intended to be a recurring sketch or not, it goes up on a wall. And some other writer four weeks from now goes, oh, fuck, people like that. Let's just do that again. It's not the original writer's fault that that happened. You know, it could just happen that way sometimes. Yeah. No, it could just, Lauren could have been like, what if we got another Carol? Yeah, I'm sure Lauren loves Carol. It's his favorite sketch. You know, Peter Sarsgaard's hosting, and um, I think Carol would be appropriate uh, for his, his sensibilities. He looks a little tipsy this week, so let's maybe let's give him something easy to do. Uh, all right, so I got no more to say about Carol. Um, ready to spin the wheel? See what we're doing next sure. week. No, let's 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 save at, and we're back for a couple weeks. All right. Well, who knows what we're gonna get? Maybe an SNL character uh, will pop up on here, and you won't be able to resist. Look at that! Spun the wheel, and I oh fuck. Um, I I don't. I don't know why I put this on the wheel. Oh, this is a good start. I would, well, I would do it if you wanted to do it. Uh, the Donald Trump episode of Saturday Night Live. Which one? Not the, the first okay, one. I, Not the one we watched when we were actually watching the show. Because, yeah, I've never seen the first one, but I don't really care to see it, honestly. I don't care to fucking look at that guy's face ever again. I know. I thought it might be fun to watch one day, but as soon as this fucking mug popped up on my computer, I'm like, hey, hey fucking watching that shit. I can't say his goddamn name. Big Stan starring Rob Schneider. I think you put that on the list for me, didn't you? 
You told me you wanted to watch it. Because I watched the trailer for it on YouTube, and it looks so goddamn bad. It looks like the worst fucking thing ever. And I was like, we gotta watch that shit. I will leave this entirely up to you. If you want to watch, I made you watch Carol. If you want to watch Big Stan. Leave it on the, as an option, but let's do another roll. Alright, another spin. Uh, is this going to be better or worse than Big Stan as a possibility? I feel like that's not a question you need to ask. Let's see. Uh, problem Child 3. Junior in Love. Uh, I don't know that I'm ready for Problem Child 3. Alright, one more spin. Yeah, round and around and around it goes. Cabin Boy, starring Chris Elliott. I mean, I would have suggested that as a cheat pick at some point, just doing it without a roll, but I, I feel like we got it naturally. I've wanted to watch that movie again for years. Yeah, I haven't seen it for quite a while, actually. I saw it when it came out. I remember not digging it. Yeah, and that's really all I remember about it is like I was kind of disappointed. Well, the more I've learned about it, I never realized I was watching some, I can't remember what I was watching on, but uh, apparently it was originally intended as a Tim Burton vehicle and they wrote it with him in mind and then he dropped out of the project to do something else. And so they just made it themselves. So like the, I think a lot of the weirdness, especially like the special effects shit came from the Tim Burton element or that aspect of it. So I've just always been curious to rewatch it with that lens in mind. Yeah, no, it, it might just be a good movie that we might not have a lot to talk about, but uh, I think it'll be an interesting watch for me. At least I will enjoy watching it. Like, I will sit down and watch a movie and not go, why the fuck am I watching this? I don't know. I, I find it hard that, to believe that I would not enjoy a Chris Elliott movie that has that much Chris Elliott in it. Yeah, at least a little bit. Of Do you it. have his specials, like The Action Family and stuff? Are those available to watch? Um, oh, I thought you meant on the wheel. No, I don't have them on the wheel. Um, I have them on Oh, no. I'm, I mean on the wheel. I mean, because I'd, I'd be curious to go back to watch those as well. I and I think, think there was like an FDR one, which I never saw. I think they might be on YouTube. Because, yeah, I've never seen the FDR one. I have seen I saw Action Family years ago, but I'd like to watch it again. And I know we, we, we deliberately bypassed it, but I've kind of always wanted to watch Gremloids. <laughs> Oh, I couldn't find... I, we almost watched it, but like I could only find it in a rack or something. I could have sworn I found that. I'll look for that then. But de- that, I say Cabin Boy's a definite. All right, yeah, let's watch Cabin Boy. Um, and, uh, yeah, Action Family and FDR both on YouTube. Uh, I would recommend checking both of those out. They're hilarious. Cabin Boy? I, I don't know. I, even I, if it's just a weird kind of... Again, like a novelty, like a thing that's just interesting... I don't think we're going to run out of shit to talk about on the podcast about it. Yeah, and I don't know if I, when I first watched it, I don't know, if, I, I don't know if I was in on the joke, maybe. Yeah, I can see that as well. It, it's, I think it's like, because in, in, in a lot of ways, isn't it like a satire of like Moby Dick era, like sea set novels? Like, isn't there a lot of, I mean, I, not to say that I have any better of a reference point for that shit now as an adult, but I feel like I would at least understand where it's coming from. Well, that might've been like my first real exposure to Chris Elliott. Like I had watched Get a Life a little bit when it was on because dad watched it. And so I was like familiar with it. Like I, I was a little too young to fully get it, but I thought some of it was silly that I liked. And I remember watching Cabin Boy, and, like, I just, I think I was maybe too young for it. Yeah, you know, probably the same. I think, yeah, I, I, I'm, the more we talk about it, the more and more interested I am in rewatching it. I think, uh, I think, I've always thought, like, this could be a hidden gem, 
Especially just because how many people fucking hate it. And like the, was that? Because, yeah, that was, like, right around the time David Letterman hosted the Oscars, right? Like, that was the big joke, like, the biggest movie he'd ever been in was Cabin Boy, right? Well, yeah, it was the only movie he's ever been in. And, yeah, it was a huge bomb. Yeah, so, like, I feel like this is, like, kind of notorious. And I feel like it could just be, like, the thing that nobody ever gives enough credit to. Yeah, I think it's developed a cult following. I mean, especially with Chris Elliott fans. So, yeah, I don't know why I've never really... I don't know why I've never revisited it. Probably just because I was like... I, don't, I remember not liking that as a kid. I'll watch Action Family or the entire series of Get a Life instead. But no, yeah. So yeah, I'm saying fuck Big Stan. We can watch that some other time. We can always we can always come back to Big Stan. Big Stan's not going to get stricken from the internet. <laughs> All right. So next week we're watching Cabin Boy, and until we see you again, get up, get up the shit.